Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. We begin our number two of VSIN Big Bets. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw here at South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. We were talking about win total Wednesdays in the NFC. We did the, the good teams last hour. Let's start off our number two here and talk about, well, maybe some of the lower numbers in the NFC that we might see. Now, on the upper echelon of page two, if you will, is the Saints at eight and a half. Now, you can get plus money there if you think this is a nine-win football team at plus $1.15. I think that really says about one thing. Do you trust Jameis Winston? Because he was not good in the second half against Tampa. Now, they're not going to play Tampa every week. We understand that. And the rest of the South doesn't look that good when you look at the Falcons and the Panthers. The Cardinals all of a sudden, minus $1.40 to win a game. Seven and a half is the total. Same with the Commanders. Now, that's just minus $1.05. There is everybody's America's team now. Hard knocks. The Lions, six and a half, juiced heavily to the over, minus $1.40. They're one and one. The Bears, six and a half. You think they're winning seven games? That's plus $1.05. And then the lower totals, I was mentioning them all. Seattle is a six-win team. Over is $1.05, under minus $1.15. The Panthers, 0-2, by the way. They are over five and a half is minus $1.20. And then the Falcons also 0-2, minus $1.20, if you think this is a five-win football team. Do you see any numbers there that you think might be playable? I think the Bears under six and a half. I still have a lot of question marks and concerns. They are showing me that they don't have faith in Justin Fields. Maybe it's an offensive line situation because I think it's like Pittsburgh. Their line is terrible. But they're able to run the ball effectively. So I don't know if it's necessarily I, – I just think the play calling – listen – to me, you're not going to win a Super Bowl this year if you're Chicago. Just get back there and let him rip it. If either he can play or he can't. And at some point in time, you got to figure it out, right? What is this, year number two for him? Yep. Yeah. So you've got potentially three more, two more seasons and a potential fifth year if you decide to pick up the option. But you've got to make some moves. If he's scared, he's scared. But I thought his confidence grew in week number one. You could see it in the second half of that 49ers game. I didn't watch much of that game against the, uh, the Packers, but I, I looked did, at the sadly. stats. Did, I mean, oh. The passing game just didn't seem like it was existent. They don't throw the ball because I was looking at the number of plays. I'm like, these guys just don't want to throw the football, do they? I think, well, well the, the thing you know as well as anybody, especially especially here on this show, I mean, the quality, we didn't have many NFL quality quarterbacks coming out in that draft last year. We know how many there are this year. And that's always my opinion, too. That you, I don't care how bad the kid plays. You're not winning the Super Bowl anyways. You can't let him throw the ball only 11 times, though, like they did last week. you got to find out what you have and be ready to move on. I think what the Cardinals did, as much as what people might, you know, might not Kyler 
Murray right now. What the, what the, what the Cardinals did with Rosen and were able to move on from him right away, yeah. that's the way you got to do it in today's NFL. You're not winning without a quarterback. But, but to your point, when you we talked about Aaron Judge an hour ago, and you said, would you sign him? And I said, look, I would have certain parameters in place because of his age. I'm not going to sign him to a 10-year deal. It, it amazes me that in baseball they continue to give these contracts. It's the same thing. I didn't understand why the Arizona Cardinals decided to sign uh, Kyler Murray to a long-term deal. And it's the reason why with some of these younger quarterbacks, you just got to let them go out there and uh, give, figure it out. Yeah, like the 49ers, give them credit. They have Jimmy Garoppolo and they decided to play Trey Lance. You look at the Chicago Bears, they're not taking the training wheels off of this guy. Either he can play or he can't. Look, I'm in the camp that he's not really a particularly good quarterback, but let's find out for sure. Six and a half, that win total again. You look at the schedule, though, of the Bears. Here's the here's the interesting thing. By the way, they're favored this week at home against the Texans by three. Field goal. So, you know, I'm with you guys. I think this is an underplay. Now, it's juiced to the under minus $1.25 at six and a half wins. But when you look at the schedule, it's easy. But then again, I look at it this way. There's only a couple elite teams in the NFC. We've talked about how down this conference is. So you look at potential, and I say potential, winnable games. This week, they're favored against the Texans. Then they play the Giants. Even though they're 2-0, it doesn't scare you. They've got the Commanders in a couple weeks. The New England hasn't been world beaters. The Cowboys might not have Dak Prescott. Then you get the Lions. Then you go to the Falcons. Then you have the Jets. I mean, those are some winnable games. It gets tough for the last month of the season. they got the Packers, the Eagles, the Bills, the Lions, and Vikings. This could be all losses by the end of the year. But it is soft in the, in the middle. But the problem is... Everybody looks at the Bears and goes, well, that's our that's our win. Correct. You're, you know, that's you're the way they look right. at the Bears. Yeah, I mean, look, this is an important game for Chicago. What's interesting, if the Bears win this game, they could potentially, and we talked about it last week, saying the Giants should win that game at home. But if the Bears come in with a victory against Houston, I think it changes the dynamic of how they approach that one. They've got a game at Minnesota, then the Commanders at home. Um, you know, they've, they've got some games. They can do some things with Lions, at Falcons, at Jets. Winnable, um, but the other teams are saying the exact same thing. Exactly right. But to me, I'm looking at Justin Fields' career numbers. You know, in a game against the Buccaneers last year, he threw the ball 32 times, uh, 22 for 32. He doesn't have great numbers, 19 for 27, 17 for 29. you got to let him get out there and throw the ball. I mean, if you're not going to do that, then you've got to move on. You know, Kelly, uh, Dave, I don't know how big of an NBA guy you are, but I always love what Sam Hinkie was doing in Philadelphia. I was like, oh, they were criticizing him. If you are not going to win a championship, that's what makes sports great. There's only one goal. You know, you don't have a good year by getting to a conference championship game. Yeah. It's either winning the Super Bowl. 31 teams fail in the NFL every year. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not in a position to win a Super Bowl, then you've got to look to restructure the organization to where you can win. And either Fields is the guy or he's not. But Kelly made the point the draft is very top-heavy in quarterbacks. You look at Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. You've got guys in there that are potential uh, franchise guys. And the way they restructure these contracts where you got you have a four-year deal on a rookie, it's not going to hamstring you where you're giving the guy four years, $60 million. Make a decision and either move on with them or just say, you know what? It, it's like we're going for it. Absolutely love that. By the way, that was you did a little Denzel Washington there. Just make a decision. Make a decision. What is that from? That's from training day. How do you want it, Jake? <laughs> make a decision. Uh, let's go ahead to the AFC. I didn't know I was working with Roger Ebert. <laughs> well, after three weeks, you know now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's go to the AFC. Now, obviously, when you look at the Bills, 12 and a half wins, and you go, my goodness, they're going to get to 13, right? Well, you got to pay a premium on it, minus $1.65, $1.65 for the Bills to be a 13-win team. But you go, they're going to lose five times for me to lose that bet? I, I, Dave, I would agree with you. When you look at this Buffalo Bills schedule, I, I think it's very difficult to see that many losses in there. Now, they've got the Chiefs coming up here fairly soon. They're at Miami. This is an important game. You know, look, the, the thought process of what the Dolphins are and the Buffalo Bills are will all potentially change if Miami were to win this game. You've got at the Dolphins, at the Ravens, Steelers at home, at the Chiefs. So you're three of the next four are on the road against teams that are going to be potential competitors in the AFC. Then you have a bye week, you get Green Bay at home, and then the schedule gets really, really manageable. Mm -hmm. At the Jets, Vikings at home, Browns at Lions, at Patriots, Jets, Dolphins, at Bears, at Bengals, Patriots. So again, this is our pro tip in hour number one, but you have to look at the schedules before you make these either to win the division and or these adjusted win totals on a win total Wednesday. Because... I think you just laid it out. You might want to, like a hold or fire scenario, you might want to hold on the Bills' win total and see how they manage the next four weeks. I, I tell you what, I bet the Bills before the season started back in late July, early August, at minus 190 to win the division. And 
you know, to me, this team is so complete right now. I don't see them losing five games to the point you made. When I mentioned the first part of the schedule, going through the first eight weeks, seven games, because they have a bye before they play the Packers, at Dolphins, at Ravens, and at Chiefs, maybe they drop two games. They would, they would, for me, in my opinion, for them to get to five losses, they would have to drop three of those games. Right, because you look at the rest of the schedule, you just don't see three losses Correct. in that really soft second half past yeah. the Packers when you got the Jets, and we'll see what the Browns, they're still not going to have Deshaun Watson. The Patriots, they'll be favored in probably all of those games, every single one, whether it's the road or not. The Vikings coming into Buffalo yeah. could be a quote-unquote tough game, but they'll be favored in that, and the Dolphins come to Orchard Park. So they're going to be favored in just about every single game after the bye week. I think they'll be favored in every game this year except the one at Kansas City. Wow. So there it is. That's why it's juiced heavily, minus $1.65. We'll get some of those other win total Wednesdays here. And again, the Chiefs have, have hopped back up. Now, I call this the division of death, and so far they've navigated it uh, pretty well. They're 2-0 now uh, with that big win in week number two against the Chargers. So you take that off the board for one of those tough games where they still have two against the Raiders. We'll find out what the Raiders really are. And certainly two against the Broncos that could still be tough sledding. When you look down that board, the Ravens 10 and a half, the over is even money. So is that an 11-win team or is that the North going to beat each other up too? No, look, I'm not the right guy to ask because I'm all in on the Ravens. So I'm going to go with the yes and the over. But, you know, that loss – was so crucial from a win, ta- a win standpoint because that's you know you don't have too many opportunities in the NFL. You got a total of 17, and you allow one of those to slip away. And Dave, when you look at these numbers on the win total, you're going to be right there, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games, and it's going to come down to three plays in three games that whether you get over the total or you stay under the total. Uh, so I still think Baltimore is going to be there because I think when you look at the division, I, I think without Watt. The Steelers have done it kind of with smoke and mirrors. They compete, but they're just not good enough to win games. You know, it took major mistakes by the Cincinnati Bengals for them to escape that game despite all the turnovers. They lose the game against New England. They've got Buffalo on deck, which we just mentioned. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough road for the Steelers. And then I look in there, Cincinnati, look, the perception of Cincinnati changed based on three games. And to me, they're not as good as people think they are. Uh, the Browns are okay, but they need somebody who can do a little bit more than uh, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, so I think the Ravens over 10.5 is still good here. And the Bengals now have to win nine games. They're 0-2 uh, to, to hit that adjusted win total here on a Wednesday. The other team, very quickly, that I have questions about that I didn't think I would at this stage of the season is the Broncos. They have a, a win total of nine, uh, juiced evenly, minus dollar ten. They are 1-1. One and one. As unimpressive a one and one to start off with Nathaniel Hackett. Do you have concerns like I do that are they a 10 win football team, which I think we thought they would be at the beginning of the year? Well, I, I wasn't buying on that. And look, I'm a huge Russell Wilson guy, but mm-hmm. here's my problem. Everybody keeps telling me how great Denver is coming into the season. It's like, it, I, I think people sometimes say this about certain teams. And by the way, when they say they, I want to know who the hell they is. <laughs> but, you know, how do they get to 10 wins? To your point, they've got to win nine out of the next 15 games. And you look at the schedule very quickly here. They're at at the Titans. Um, they they have the Chiefs obviously twice. They're they've got the Chargers twice. Underdogs this week at home against the Niners. Yeah, I mean they've got the Cardinals at the Ravens. I, I don't see them going nine and six in their next uh, fifteen games. I don't remember Ferris being absent nine times. When we come back, Tank Williams is going to join the program. It is always a blast to talk Titans and the NFL with Tank, and might even sneak in a. House of Dragons question. Come on back. It's V's and Big Bets. We're back in a moment. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, 
how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Horse racing fans, First Bet wants to invite you to enter their free sweepstakes to win a trip to Santa Anita Park on October 6th through the 9th. The grand prize package includes airfare, hotel tickets to the races, plus a $1,000 betting voucher from 1ST Bet. Head over to VSIN.com slash horses to register today. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. What a pleasure it is to have our next guest, the former Tennessee Titan, Tank Williams. You can follow him on Twitter as I do, at TankWilliams13. But before we talk NFL football, Amal, you said to me that you it's, it's a struggle for you to get into, say, Game of Thrones and or House of Dragons. Tank Williams, right now, if you were going to be a spokesperson for HBO, how would you sell Amal on how great House of Dragons is? Well, I mean, I, I feel like I really don't need to sell it. I mean, they have dragons, they have great writing, they have great acting. And unlike the other Game of Thrones uh, season, what my wife likes to say is this, that they got straight to the action from the get-go. <laughs> so when she gets into it and she's all about it, I know everybody else is. So make sure you just be able to form your lips to say, Dracatis. And then everything else just naturally flows after that. Dracatus, and that's when the uh, fire I, comes out of the dragon. I, I'm sorry, I stopped listening after he said dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Tank, it's awesome to have you on. And Amal also said, I can't lead with Tennessee Titans. I got to start off with Stanford because you smart guys, well, right? Well, both ahead. of those hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, see, here's my argument. Like, a guy like me would never qualify for the visitors towards Stanford, let alone getting in. So... When you have such an accomplishment like that, I don't care that you play in the league. I know a million guys that play in the league. I know a million people that got rejected from Stanford. (laughs) My cousin went to Stanford, but he hasn't done anything with his life. But my point being is I need people that actually went to the best campus in the world and probably the best institution in the world. Yeah, I mean, Stanford is one of those things. Like They like to say that the hardest thing about Stanford is getting in. But, I mean, you definitely have to apply yourself, but it's not hard to do that when you're surrounded with some of the greatest minds in the world. So I will say that that's probably one of the greatest achievements in my life is, one, getting into Stanford and, uh, two, getting my degree. And so that's one of those experiences that I would never give up. That's for sure. Well, then let's let's talk more about Stanford, smart guys, because, uh, Tank, what's going on with the program? Because I, I know right now it's not – certainly not it's not the heyday of the hardball days, and I know David Shaw is a very popular coach there – are they on the right track? Do you see what you want to see out of Stanford going forward in the Pac-12? You know, it's tough. Like, it's always been tough for Stanford to compete uh, on a consistent basis because of the academic requirements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think when you factor in on top of that, the NIL, where people are able to move to all these various colleges year after year, 
it's already so hard to get into Stanford. So when you're trying to get an athlete to move from one university to another, and the requirements to get them in and accept it through the board and everything else, I feel like Stanford, they showed up, a, they threw up a stat. Uh, I can't remember. Maybe it was the USC game where SC had all these different NIL transfers and Stanford had one. I mean, so when you can't get players in through the NIL and it's hard enough to get them in just through traditional recruiting, it's going to be hard to compete with some of the top schools in the country. I, I think Tank brings up a great point. I know a guy that played at Stanford, he said to me one of the reasons they had so many mass transfers three years ago was because the kids, it's not that they wanted to leave the program, Tank, and you know this, they didn't get into grad school for law school or business school, so now you got to go play elsewhere. Right. Where And then you talk about the transfers coming in. You know, you might want to take a guy out for, from Georgia, but they may not qualify academically to be able to play there, so... You know, uh, let's go to something more positive. <laughs> Your Tennessee Titans. By the way, Tango. Go ahead. <laughs> Zarkatis. Hey, you should have told me to run my mouthpiece for this thing. <laughs> hey, we, we buttered you up. We talked about Stanford initially. We talked about your show, Snapdragon or Dragon. What, what, House of Dragons. House of Dragons, Snapdragon, the, uh, whatever, whatever it is. But anyway. Snapdragon is some things you don't want your kids doing on Snapchat. Right. Oh, that's, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but. What is wrong with this team? Is Derrick Henry, is the 18-wheeler, has it blown a tire? Is it lack of offensive line play? My biggest criticism of Tennessee has always been, I have the same criticism of the Dolphins. I don't want a quarterback playing, I'm sorry, I don't want a wide receiver playing quarterback who couldn't beat out Gerard Johnson at Texas A&M. Uh, well, I will say this, that in order to win the Super Bowl, you're going to need one of those quarterbacks that can put the team on his back and go win a game for you. And I don't believe Ryan Tannehill is that guy. That's where they drafted Malik Willis, even though he yeah. went the third round. But I think the key struggle for the Tennessee Titans offense is this. Did you see A.J. Brown playing against the Detroit Lions yes. in week one? Mm. That dude signed his name on every Detroit Lions defensive back's birth certificate. Like, he's their daddy now. <laughs> and so whenever you have a wide receiver on the outside like that that can dominate the game, what does it do? It forces you to pay attention to the wide receivers on the outside. You can't put an extra man in the box for Derrick Henry. And then what does he do? He still forms the soul out of your defensive backs, out of your linebackers, and everybody else. And so when you don't have that throw on the outside, everybody just collapses down, takes away King Henry. And when you don't have a quarterback that can throw the team on his back, Already with weapons, what you what you expect them to do without? So that's why it's a tough recipe for success with Tennessee right now. And they are two point dogs, Tank, this weekend uh, at home in Tennessee against the Raiders coming out here from the yeah. desert. It's an interesting game because it's a battle of zero and twos, and you know how this works. Certainly, it's, it, you're already behind the eight ball at zero and two to make the postseason. Zero and three, not saying forget it, yeah. but it's going to be really tough at that stage. What do you make of this game on Sunday? A, a relatively low total, forty five and a half. Do you think the Titans are in a bounce-back spot here, or do you think it really is going to be tough for them to get their first win? I believe the defense will play better for this reason. Like, one of the Achilles' heels of the Raiders is their offensive line. And when you have a guy like Jeffrey Simmons who doesn't get enough pub here in the NFL, like, that dude is a monster. Mm, So if he can wreak havoc along the uh, offensive line of the Raiders, that gives the Tennessee Titans a chance because all it takes is a couple Aaron throws from Derek Carr. Kevin Byers is going to pick it off. But the key is this. You look at that Raiders offense, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Now you got Matt Collins stepping up making plays and actually gave Josh Jacobs the ball a lot. You have enough firepower on on the Raiders offensive side of the ball to get plays done. Derek Carr just has to distribute the ball, not get harassed every other play, Mm. and not turn the ball over, and the Raiders should be fine. Even though it ain't going to be easy. Like those Titans playing at home 0-2, or they're going to come out ready to ball. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think it's a must-win game for both teams. They're both sitting at 0-2, and and we've not had a team make the postseason in the new playoff format with an 0-2 start. I want to go back to a couple things you just mentioned. First, I want to ask you, I believe Derek Carr is just a guy. Do you think he's far better than that? You think he's probably just another guy? What's your thoughts on that? The second thing is where I see an issue is we know the offensive line is bad for the Raiders or inconsistent. But to me, Carr's got a little Eli Manning in him. What separates Brady and Rodgers and these other guys, they're willing to stay. (laughs) I'm sorry, man. It's like a a slight, but Eli won two rings. He won two rings because Michael Strahan and Justin Tuck and O.C. Eumannura, my all-time favorite name, by the way, O.C. Eumannura. But but to me. That's true, but hey, one thing about Eli, though, he. He threw one of the prettiest balls I've ever seen to Mario Manningham on the sideline. He, he did. I, I would agree yes. with you on that one, that throw. But here's my point. They tend to, as soon as the pressure's coming and the hit's coming, they tend to kind of sh- just get there. Whereas Brady will sit there. That half a second is the difference between a completion and a five-yard Aaron throw to Devontae Adams. Yeah. 
Oh, that's a loaded question because there was a lot there, and I, I'm going to try to get through everything. So is Derek Carr an elite quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen? Does he pass that eyeball test? Absolutely not. Is he a quarterback that under the right circumstances can he win you a Super Bowl like a Joe Flacco or someone like that? Yes, he can because they have enough weapons around him. They just need to improve that offense line. The defense needs to play a lot better. Um, when it comes to quarterbacks operating under pressure, I'm okay if it's Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes. We've seen it with Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. If you give a quarterback direct pressure up the middle, which is something that the Raiders get a lot, if you notice like J.J. Watt was in there the yeah. first job of the, uh, of the game, if you get them direct pressure up the middle, then the quarterbacks are going to get shook. They're going to make errant throws. They're going to turn the ball over. So every quarterback needs to be able to be comfortable in the pocket to function and ball out. That being said, if we wrap this whole thing up, the Raiders have enough weapons on the offensive side of the ball to get things done. They have those dogs, Chandler Jones and Max Crosby on the defensive line to wreak havoc to the opposing quarterback. But unless they play consistent ball, don't make all those dumb mistakes on the offense and defensive side of the ball, they're not going to make it because look at the division they play in where you have the Chiefs, the Chargers. There's no room for error, and they already had too many errors to start this season. Yeah, to Tank's point about J.J. Watt, I didn't see him make the play, but I know he tweeted about it, so that's why I was aware he got in the backfield. <laughs> Tank, very quickly, got about 90 seconds to go. Uh, how do you play defense in this league anymore? Because all the rules favor the offense. As a DB yourself, is it a, is it a level playing field, or is it like, man, we can't do anything on this side? So uh, it was starting to trend this way when I was playing in the league where we used to always try to focus on, you know, keep holding teams to 17 points or less and trying to limit yards and all that stuff. Now the rules make it where it's so tough to slow teams down. You really just have to play great red zone defense and then also turn the ball over. So I think Richard uh, Sherman made a great point on Twitter where you're going to see more and more cornerbacks. And obviously the safeties already do this play with their eyes on the quarterback, but he was saying more specifically, like the quarter, the cornerback's going to play with their butt to the sideline, eyes focusing in, always trying to read the ball and trying to make plays on the ball. And I believe that's where the game is trending to. You're not going to see these shutdown cornerbacks that are limiting wide receivers to three catches, 20-some yards, or something like that, even though the Cowboys did that to Jamar Chase this past week. Mm -hmm. But more than likely, you're going to just see teams focusing on turning the ball over, trying to get in the end zone, and that's how they're going to help their teams win. 20 seconds to go. What house would Tank Williams be in? Targaryen, uh, Stark, uh, Baratheon. Uh, where would you go? Lannister. Man, Stark all day. My nickname is Tank Black Ice. That's how we roll, baby. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, everybody. Follow him on Twitter, Tank Williams thirteen. Tank, you're the best. Appreciate it. Great catching up. Thanks for having me, man. There he yeah. is. That great shirt. I got to get one of those House of the Dragon shirts. Come on back. Carl Paulson joins us next here on Big Bets on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Start your football season off on the right foot by subscribing to VSIN Pro. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily picks at a glance recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, 24 7 video season prep, including our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering every game all season long. Pro tools like our exclusive betting splits and pro tips. Updated every hour with actionable insights to help up your betting game. Sign up for our discounted football special and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175. Or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all season long. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all of your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Back alongside them all, Shaw, Dave Ross here. It is VEASAN Big Bets here from South Point Casino and Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. Amal, did you play uh, You played high school tennis? Is that right? No. I played high school tennis. What did you play? Soccer. Soccer. You ran a lot. So in high school, at the famed First Colonial High School in Virginia Beach, Virginia, Carl Paulson, our next guest, was one of the stars of our team. Of course, you got to be a star, CP, when you go on to the PGA Tour like you did. Of course, you do a great job these days uh, with PGA Tour Radio. It's great listening to you on the air, but it's great to have you here to talk a little President's Cup. First of all, did you guys get special favors in high school as golf players? Because you know me and the tennis guys, we didn't get a lot of the stuff I think you guys got. No, not so much. <laughs> not, not not really till we got to college and started getting everything for free. But uh, it's it's a stepping stone everybody has to take. Yeah, and you did it at South Carolina. We're gonna talk about your Gamecocks a little bit later on in this. Uh, look, Amal and I were talking about it. We've been talking about it a lot leading up to the Presidents Cup. 
you know, the Team USA here, Carl, it's minus $7 to win this event. And we know it's been – the number's gone up from, you know, 253 earlier this summer with the advent of Live Golf kind of really weakening the internationals team. But the United States has been weakened too, uh, but there's still overall the depth of the United States feels like that's why they're such a big favorite at laying the $7. Is, are there pitfalls potentially here in this big price tag for Team USA? A hundred percent there are. Um, anything can happen in golf. I, I was mentioning this earlier on my show today. One year I beat Tiger twice, okay? Uh, that hasn't happened very often. You put my skill set against his skill set, and that's not supposed to happen. These guys have an underdog mentality going on right now. They've got a, a leader that is sort of using that to the players. We don't have anything to lose, he's saying to his players. And uh, let's just go out there and play some good golf and see what happens. Anybody can beat anybody on a given day. The bottom line is if the Americans don't make the putts, they're going to lose some points. And if you lose enough of those points, you lose the match. I hate this bet at at, uh, minus 700. Well, then that's where the pitfalls lie because you look at it and you say, why would I lay that big number here? You know this team well. And again, it's been one of the most, Interesting years of golf to ever try to put a team together like this, Carl. Is there a common bond, though? Like, what's the what's the vibe of Team USA going into this? Because it, it does feel like not – look, we all know how important the Ryder Cup is to the world of golf. Are they, are they looking at this like a mini, we got to make a statement and show that Team USA is still Team USA? I don't think so. I think this team is as close as it's ever been, starting with the Ryder Cup last year, you know, minus a, a couple of players that have left for live. But, you know, Dustin Johnson was the oldest player on that team. Uh, that goes to Kevin Kisner now for, for this year. But this is a young team and a team that's been very bonded for a long, long time. I, I think the American teams have been and will be for the next 15 or 20 years in very, very good shape. I, I, this is going to be a hard team to beat, but I did the odds. Just, I, I can't stand laying that, you know, because you just never know. Yeah, no doubt about it. You look at uh, some of the guys here for the points leaders, right? And this might be a different market in a way to attack it here. Certainly for what we do CP, but when I look at some of the names here, you got the X man up there uh, with Scotty chef and you can understand with the number one player in the world, why they're uh, plus $7 to get the most points. Do you get a vibe on a different player, whether it's a Cantlay or a JT or even some newcomers that we haven't seen, like Sam Burns and Max Homa that are on this team for the first time? What do you make of the maybe the first-timers on this team? I think the first-timers are going to be just fine because of the talent that they bring to the table. But if you know, you look at Justin Thomas's record in the President's Cup, minus the two singles match losses, he generally plays with Jordan Spieth. I would be looking in that area, uh, but I like to get value when I'm putting some hard-earned cash down. So, I, you know, I think those two guys uh, are are the ones that are kind of going to be on my radar. Now, of course, it's going to be hard to argue with Xander Schauffele and Scotty Scheffler and Patrick Cantlay because they've got very strong partners as well. We've seen what they've done in team play in the past, but I just have this feeling that Justin Thomas and, and Jordan Spieth are, are going to play together a lot. I don't think their game is suited for just one style of, uh, you know, format that they're playing in. I think they'll play quite a bit. Um, I do think everybody on the U.S. team is going to rest. So I don't think we're going to have a situation where we've got four guys that play every match and then we've got some guys that only play three. So I think it's going to be pretty equitable when it comes to playing time. And if that's the case, you got to go with the with the proven winners. Hey, you got 14 to one, by the way, for Jordan Spieth. So that's a pretty good number to your point there, CP. Let's talk about the international team. Because, look, I look at it and you go, well, Hideki Matsuyama is a guy that jumps off the page for the internationals, right? He's uh, 22 to one to be the, uh, the, the, the top point scorer. And you can understand why, because there's such a big underdog to win this event that you, you, they're going to be longer odds for the, uh, for the international team. Who might surprise on the international team that maybe isn't getting enough ink here as we get closer and closer to this competition? Well, word was they had a, a little session out there at Quill Hollow as a team, and they played some matches and uh, they pitted each other up against the, their own teammates, and KH Lee mopped the floor with everybody. Whoa. So I, I'm looking at KH Lee to have a, to have a nice uh, President's Cup, but I'm really, really high on this young Tom kid. 
uh, excuse me, Tom Kim kid. Uh, <laughs> I just love his attitude. Um, his game is obviously as strong as ever. You saw the way that he played coming down the stretch at the end of last season, just narrowly missing uh, the, uh, you know, the tour championship there. But I think he's just got the right mindset to, to go out there and do his own little thing, be 20 years old and, and go win some points. 25 to one for Tom Kim to be the top point scorer there. 65 to one uh, for KH Lee to be the top point scorer. So that's very interesting to look at those two names there for long shots. You do a great job, CP, of telling me about the course when we talk before major championships. You mentioned Quail Hollow there. Does it benefit one team versus the next? You would think Team USA, being Quail Hollow, they'd be more familiar with it. Will that be a a level of difficulty for the international players? No, the international players are pretty familiar with this golf course. It's played yearly on the PGA Tour. And, um, you know, other than the guys that are brand new to the tour, like Tom Kim, um, I I think that they're going to be pretty familiar with it. But this is going, going to be the easiest that you've ever seen Quail Hollow play. It's wow. a little bit softer than we've seen it in years past, so it's going to play a little bit longer. Uh, I don't think that's going to have uh, much to do with it, but I think they set these President's Cups up a little bit to for birdies to win. You know, the last thing in the world we want is, guys, example, France a couple of years ago in the Ryder Cup. <laughs> I might be a little biased because we got our butts handed to us over there, but that was not fun golf to watch for me. It was just hack, hack it out of the rough kind of golf. There weren't a whole ton of birdies. Uh, the rough is down at Quail Hollow. It's generally up, and it's a little bit softer than it normally is. I think we're going to see a lot of fireworks this week. Yeah, you're right. We, we want to forget that Ryder Cup over there in France. It was not <laughs> fun for Team USA, and they did make the conditions very difficult for good old red, white, and blue that weekend. Talking, of course, to Carl Paulson, Series uh, PGA Tour Radio. Check him out inside the ropes, as I do daily. Uh, I want to bring them all back in uh, because I do want to shift it to college football. Look, we're not going to bring up the Georgia game. I saw you tweeting about it, CP. I know it wasn't pretty for your Gamecocks there. But are you are you happy with Beamer 2.0 in the direction of the program so far? A hundred percent. He's already changed the culture a little bit. Uh, we're... we're I like the feelings that are going around the program. I, I love a lot of the stuff that I've seen that he's doing with the players, taking them up to the very top deck and sitting them down and telling them, you know, that walk was pretty tough, right? You know, there's people that pay money to sit up here to come watch you guys play. And I don't want you to lose sight of that. Things like that. Now, when you play Georgia and you're a middle of the road SEC team and you have a bad game, you're going to look awfully terrible and that's what happened to us last week and uh, hopefully we can lick our wounds and uh, get a couple of wins and get back on the positive side of things but uh, it's always hard in the SEC especially in South Carolina. Hey you're absolutely right it's a challenge when you look at the schedule but I thought you brought up a great point you don't play your best game you're against Georgia's a tough one but I gotta ask you real quickly you got Tennessee at home later in the season Williams Bryce for people that don't know a great home field advantage. Well we either need to win the Tennessee game or the Florida game, or the Kentucky game, in my opinion, to get to six wins this year. So uh, none of those are going to be very easy wins. But last year we snuck a couple of games uh, out of there that we didn't think we were going to win. So we'll see what happens. CP, you're the best, brother. The pride of the 757. Miss you, man. We'll catch up again maybe over Turkey Day back home in Virginia Beach. There he is, everybody. Uh, You can follow him on Twitter, as I do, at Carl Paulson Golf. Come on back. We'll wrap up. Big bets here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to, like, choose a more challenging route than just, like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like, easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, 
how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for every line boost and special. Lace it up for week three with Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and Touchdown Insurance offers each and every Sunday, all season long. Build a parlay of at least four legs, and if it loses, get your stake back as a free bet up to $25. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on Sunday Night Football. Get your money back as a free bet if they score at any time during the game. Head to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It is a whole new ballgame. Back alongside them all, Shaw, Dave Ross here. What a lot of fun we've had today with Carl Paulson, Tank Williams, uh, Steve Mackinan. Hopefully you've been listening and watching throughout the hours. But to wrap it up today, we're going to go to baseball because I know there's a game that you like. By the way, my Metropolitans, Mm -hmm. scoreless right now against the Brew Crew as they play the sixth inning here. The adjusted total now is three and a half. My goodness. Do you expect runs to come late against the bullpens or would just something at this point you just lay off? Uh, You know, to me, it depends on how the game is played out. I, I haven't seen it that closely in terms of the... Well, you've been doing a show. We, uh, <laughs> listen, if I had money on the game, I would have been watching the game more than doing the show. So can't necessarily go with that defense. All right. Uh, but, Fair enough. You know, to me, it, it just depends on what you feel. But three and a half can be a tricky number. But here's where the advantage is. You get to these extra innings. Last night, we saw it in Chicago. Right. I mean, what, what were there? Uh, 11 runs scored in the extra innings? That's why I cannot stand the ghost runners. Oh, it's terrible. It's and, terrible. And the, 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 it's so hard to handicap it in a game like this now tied in Milwaukee here because if it does go to – like if you guaranteed me we're going extras, I'm playing the over three and a half, but we can't make that guarantee. But you know what it is? These bullpens are horrific. Last night or yesterday afternoon, the Dodgers score five runs after an error by Rojas at third base wow. for, the, for the Diamondbacks. They end up scoring five runs. Um, you see the uh, Red Sox in a tight, they were up five to one in going in the bottom of the ninth inning. Strom decided to have a walk party and walks three straight guys. <laughs> and then they end up uh, barely eking that one out. Uh, so you just never know what some of these bullpens, what happens. We saw yesterday, Milwaukee was up on the um, yeah. Mets and then you get a three run bomb from uh, Pete Alonso and a grand slam from Lindor and they win the game. It, it flipped completely. By the way, the Metropolitan still with that one game lead right now over the fast charging Atlanta Braves. Another game, speaking of the NL East, a team that's leaking some serious oil right now would be the, the fight in Phils in the city of Brotherly Shove. Zach Wheeler is going to take to the bump against Kevin Gosman today against the Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays just hit another home run last night. What did they put up, 18 runs? 18, yeah. Holy mackerel. Save some of those for today, kids. So what do you make of this number now? The total is 8.5. Blue Jays even Phillies a small favorite at home, minus $1.10. Yeah, I went with the Phillies here. Five-game losing streak for the fight in Phils here, but I like Zach Wheeler. Gosman struggled in his last couple of starts. Wheeler hasn't been overwhelming either, but I think a good opportunity to bounce back. You get embarrassed like that. You give up 18 in your home ballpark. 
Um, 18. Ju- yeah. Jeez. Just because you got embarrassed doesn't mean you're going to win because I came with the Orioles yesterday and they still lose again to the Tigers after getting embarrassed on Monday night. So, uh, But I would look at the Phillies here in this matchup. Wheeler has been a really good pitcher throughout the season. Uh, Gosman hasn't been bad. Uh, the one concern I have, though, is the last two games against the Metropolitans, Wheeler got lit up for 10 earned runs. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, Gosman, he, he has not exactly been Jacob deGrom over here. <laughs> He's given up 10 earned runs in his last two starts as well. Uh, very quickly, I want to stay on that line of thinking here in the NL East. Very quickly, put you on the spot. The Mets, have, I just mentioned a one-game lead over the Braves. And we mm-hmm. know they have a critical series coming up. Yep. The Mets' odds to win the East are minus 425. The Bravos are three to one. Am I look? Maybe I'm just a jaded Mets fan, and I'm like we're waiting for the sky to fall, right? And we know they have the advantage, uh, certainly at pitching at the top of the rotation with Scherz back, and of course Jacob Degrom, who for my money is the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. But does that number seem too inflated for a one-game lead? It does, but when you look at the schedule, outside of the three games against the Braves, they have the three games in Oakland, okay. two against the Marlins, and three against the Nationals. Mm. So you feel like they've got a pretty good chance. Um, I think they're going to end up avoiding Sandy Alcantara in that matchup against the Marlins, so that helps immensely. Uh, Washington has absolutely been horrific. So I think when you look at it, the the Braves' schedule isn't overwhelming, but they do have four games against Philadelphia coming up. And so I think there's a possibility at the end of this weekend that the Braves could be in a scenario where they're two or almost three games back. And that's what you're looking at, the the schedule. That's why they're they're making those odds the way they are. Uh, so lopsided. We mentioned the White Sox, and we thought this was a must-sweep series. Oh, boy. It's over. Those, right? And, and by the way, look at the number today. The Guardians are now 50-1. to one. you gotta, you got to lay 5,000 on the Guardians uh, to win 100. The Sox here are 28-1, to one, and the Twins win Twins. They just don't win anymore. Yeah. So they're the super long shot here. It's done. Is it over? Wave the white flag? It is over because they needed to win the first game with Cease on the mound yesterday. They blow a 3-1 lead. They had some opportunities to win this game, and they didn't take advantage of it. Um, So now when you look at it, they're five games back with, what, I think about 14 games remaining, Mm -hmm. somewhere in that range. Um, Yeah, the Guardians played 148 just like the, the White Sox, so they do have 14 games remaining. You would need to win the next two make it a three-game lead, and then you're going to need to get some help because the Guardians still have to play Tampa, but they close out with six games against the Royals. So um, you've got the Rangers and the, and the, and the uh, Rays there. So these are two teams that potentially could cause a little bit of a hiccup or a speed bump for the Guardians, but I just don't see it. They'd have to go in a tailspin of eight out of ten games, basically, and the White Sox would have to be in a scenario where they start winning you know, uh, six, seven games in that stretch. Right, their, their margin of error has just been reduced after that yeah. devastating loss yesterday at home. Okay, very quickly, in this market, I'm looking at the two teams still to make the playoffs, kind of the undecideds in the right. AL as wild cards. The Rays to make it, you got to lay 35 to 1. Okay, it's, they're minus 3,500. Okay, to, to make the postseason. I want to look at the other team. The, the Orioles are plus 2,500 to make the postseason. Is there any shot that the O's – we kind of think, well, Trey Mancini, we wait, we trade him at the trade deadline. We're waving the flag here. There's still re- – realistically, it's a long shot. Do they have a logistic, uh, legitimate shot or logistically they just can't get there? No, they're in the same position the White Sox are. They're five games behind the Seattle Mariners right now, um, five in the loss column. And you look at this, I, I just don't see a scenario in which they're going to be able to get in. They would need these other teams to collapse in front of them. And the Orioles' remaining schedule, uh, they they just don't have the – they do play three against Toronto, which mm-hmm. would help. But they've got four games against the Astros, uh, four against the Red Sox, three against the Bombers, and then, of course, three against the Blue Jays. Not exactly the easiest schedule to close out the season. Not at all. Now, when I look at the futures market here in baseball, I want to stay in the American League here for to win the pennant. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we got to get to the World Series here. I know you've got some tickets on the Strohs at much better numbers. Now they're the favorites at minus $1.75 to win the American League. The Bombers, plus 205. Does that entice you at all? No, it doesn't. My, my number on the uh, Astros isn't that much better, and I bet it back uh, several months ago. It was, it was 2-1. to one. Um, The one that I took, though, at 16-1 to one was the M's. Oh, wow. Because I like their pitching. I think they've got an opportunity with their pitching. Castillo, Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, I think these guys can be very effective. Um, New York, look, I know everyone's getting hyped about Aaron Judge, mm-hmm. but they're not consistent enough from hitting the baseball. You know, what I thought would be a problem for them has been plaguing them the last several months, which is getting guys on base, 
putting the ball in play. You can hit the long ball. We know that Stanton, Donaldson, of course, Aaron Judge. But they've got to find consistency. And Garrett Cole, their number one, come on. He doesn't pitch like a number one consistently enough. You know, when DeGrom and Scherzer take the ball every fifth day and they're on a losing streak, you're extremely confident they're going to win that game. With the, with the Yankees, you're like, eh, okay, he should win, but he's probably priced at 275. I'm not going to lay that price. No, and I, again, just to, for clarification, plus $1.75 for the Strohs to win it now, plus 205 for the Yanks. The Blue Jays are the third betting favorite. Now, again, you you gotta, you got to go the rough way there. you got to be a wild-card team in order to do that. But that does surprise me. The Mariners, by the way, you got a much better number. They're plus 950 now to get there. The Rays are intriguing to me at 10-1. to 1, But, again, these are all non-divisional winners here yeah. in, the, in the betting market here. Past the Strohs and the Yankees, wild-card Blue Jays, wild-card M's, wild-card Rays. The next divisional favorite is the Guardians at 12-1. to 1. So you would think they'd have the easier road, but the betting market's telling you that's, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, I, I think the Guardians just don't have enough depth of pitching. I like uh, Shane Bieber and I like Tristan McKenzie, but I don't think when you go behind them, whether it's Plesak or anyone else that's consistent enough, and that's the problem, and they don't really score a ton unless they're playing the Twins or the White Sox. Going to wrap it up here with our pro tip, and we, we gave it with Carl Paulson here uh, talking President's Cup. And by the way, if, if you don't like it, and Carl does not like laying that big number yeah. of 7-1 for Team USA – Look into the side markets. There's really not a whole lot of value in playing Team USA at this stage or taking potentially the, the plus 7-1 in the international team. They are a big dog for a reason. But as Carl said, this is still individual. You do have some team matchups. You get those head-to-heads on singles, you might think that it's a sure thing. There is no such thing as a sure thing and probably not advisable to lay that big number here for Team USA. That, of course, is our pro tip. We give those out once an hour here across the VEASAN spectrum. That means 20 a day across our program. They're available uh, for VEASAN Pro subscribers only at VEASAN.com. You can sort them out by sport and by show. I want to thank Carl Paulson, Tank Williams. Great shirt that he had on today, House of the Dragons. You need to start watching that show. And Steve Mackinnon for joining us in hour number one. Are you not intrigued after... The conversation with Tank. I'm going to go do that as soon as the show ends. Yeah, right on it. Yeah, exactly. No chance. Thanks for watching (laughs) Big Bets. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 